You're listening to the Washington Hospitality Industry Podcast, your primary source of information related to the hospitality industry in Washington State. Good morning and welcome to the CEO Podcast. This morning, President and CEO Anthony Antone welcomes Senior Director of Communications Lex Nepomuceno to give an update on COVID and the Omicron variant. This episode is brought to you by IBA. If you're interested in selling your restaurant, bar, or hotel, email oliver at ibainc.com. We have set aside a few minutes at the end for questions. So if you have any, type them into the Q&A section you see at the bottom of your screen. Also, we are recording this today for anyone who misses the live show. And if you want to have a little fun with your iPhone today, try saying, hey, Siri, play the latest episode of the Washington Hospitality Industry Podcast. It also works with Alexa. And with that, I will hand this off to Anthony. Good morning, Anthony. You're muted. Good morning, Lisa and Lex. Welcome today. Hi. I usually start these podcasts with Name This Song. I'm playing a theme song for a popular television show. I'll be quiet. While we're waiting for everyone to get on, if you can name this show, I will take you to lunch. Lex, you don't get to play, so I know you're trying to come up with the answer. I see it on your face. Giving everyone like one minute to get on board. All right, I think we got people. Oh, Cindy, you've got it. Yellowstone. That is the theme from uh, well, Yellow Stibe. I'm guessing you were trying to type Yellowstone on your cell phone and it, it came up with that. But uh, that'd be great to see you again, Cindy. I would love to uh, take you to lunch and uh, um, I will get on that. And I'll have my assistant send out a couple of dates where we can uh, catch up and have lunch. I've had lunch, I think, with four or five folks from these podcasts. And I've always enjoyed it. I never know who we're get to get, go see and meet. Um, and that would be great. The reason I was playing Yellowstone, and there's always some kind of method to this Greek madness that I have, is I kind of feel like today's podcast is the first episode of a new season after a bunch of cliffhangers from last season, right? So our last meeting we had, we're like, oh my God, what's COVID going to do now? Uh, what's the Supreme Court going to do with the, with the employee mandate? Is the governor going to follow that up? Um, is Omicron going to be more serious, less serious? What's the long-term effect? Is this going to change the rules? Are we going to shut down? When's that peak going to happen? All these questions. Like that was our last season's cliffhanger, right? So it was kind of like the end of season one, for those of you who watched Yellowstone. By the way, there's four seasons, so I'm not blowing the whole thing of, you know, did Monica and Casey split up? Or, oh, my God, the New York reporter's got the goods on John. Is is this show over? What's going to happen? Um, I feel like now it's the next season, and this is going to be a long season, so our life's going to move on, and we know the answers to some of these questions. So I'm going to cover all those cliffhangers and set up our new season of our, uh, our industry for the upcoming year. With that, I want to, before we get into that, I'm going to do a quick cliffhanger of our own and switch to things that have occurred in the past month uh, in the association. 
On our best days, we do four things for you. We protect and enhance uh, the industry uh, for our business climate through our government affairs program. We are your primary source of information uh, through our government affairs. We help our workforce succeed through our education foundation, and we try to save you money through our programs. So a quick update on how our four pillars, uh, some of the highlights from last month. Um, Our education foundation is really working hard on career ladders. We are really hearing from a lot of uh, folks out there in the work recruitment world, workforce world, work development world, universities, work source, that the younger generations don't think there's any future in our industry, and they're not fully understanding our career ladders. So uh, the Education Foundation is working hard at trying to develop career ladders to share with the agencies, with the universities, with high schools, with um, people who are thinking about careers in our industry so we don't start cutting off our pipeline to where we're at. We know there's great careers here. How do we communicate them differently? If you want to see our drafts and see how they match up with yours and provide feedback, Lisa or any other questions they might have on the podcast, what, uh, what email should they send uh, saying, please send me the drafts of where you're at with the um, career ladders so we can provide input about how this fits with our company? Podcast at wahospitality.org. Podcast at wahospitality.org. And I know you'll put that in the chat, but I know that about 80% of our listeners will listen to this in the car later um, and be able to catch up there. So that's the Education Foundation where they're really focused in trying to help that. On the government affairs side, it's session time. And in fact, as you're listening to this, this is Hill Climb Week where we were meeting with over 100 legislators um, talking about our agendas, our offense, and our defense, what we're trying to get done for the industry. Um, and really, the big part of it is, is our relief package that we're pr- pursuing, highlighted, among other things, by um, a large package for lodging um, and the, those that had an impact from the uh, eviction moratorium. Um, and then on the restaurant side, for those who did not receive Restaurant Revitalization Fund, trying to grant them some funding uh, to help them bridge until the federal government does get uh, the money in. So if you want to do grassroots or call your legislator and say, please support our relief package, uh, Lisa has dropped the link in the chat for you to click on that. It'll brief you on what you're going to talk about, and you can shoot an email uh, to your legislator and saying, please support the Hostility Association's effort to provide relief to our industry. Lisa, uh, if you're listening to the card and you're like, well, I can't see this big long link, again, email Lisa at podcast at wahospitality.org. Um, also on the federal side, speaking of relief, the um, Restaurant Revitalization Fund is getting traction. And while we're still trying to get some traction on our lodging package, the Restaurant Revitalization Package is getting uh, traction this month. Uh, Senator Cantwell had a big press conference with us, encouraging people to understand how important this is in our race against debt. And we're feeling positive on that. Um, To stay up to speed on all this session stuff or the federal stuff, um, you can email our grassroots coordinator, uh, Jordan uh, C. at wahospitality.com. Her email's in there. Um, I'm sorry, .org. Where did .com come from? .org. And uh, she can uh, get you our weekly email so you can find out about all things politics during session and otherwise. 
And if you want to connect to uh, action alerts when it's key times to call your legislators or email or text, you can get that as well. So Jordan can connect you. We're also looking to back uh, refill some of our government affairs committee. And so if you are interested in helping us take positions or why didn't the association take a harder stand on this or why are we taking a hard stand on that? That's all decided by our government affairs committee. So Jordan can also help you connect uh, if that's something you're interested in. Also moving along on our program side, our ADESO ERTC program uh, is actually blowing me away a little bit. I never thought anything would return as much as retro, uh, but our members who are getting involved in that are actually seeing bigger numbers than what they normally get in a retro check, much bigger numbers. Uh, so that program has actually been really good. Um, Lisa, if you can put a link in for the um, ERTC program and whether you do it through us or otherwise, please take a look at that program. It's a sneaky good. The way that they've described it on the federal level, I think confuse a lot of operators that would apply to them, but it applies to most of us. And that's a good program. Lex, on the information side, you had a big month. You've got posters coming out to keep everyone legal. You've had hero manuals coming out and a new toolkit. Um, uh, anything you want to highlight there among that well, group? Um, the, uh, the latest version of the hero manual uh, just recently rolled out. Uh, Lisa Leinberger on this call uh, was a big factor in getting that through and work with all the government agencies and our government affairs team and other departments to uh, complete that. So that was a big accomplishment, but that's ready to download at the members only area at access.wahospitality.org. So I think she's going to put that in the, in the links, you know, you and I use acronyms, Lex, but I, people may not know what the hero means. What does the hero manual stand for? Um, Handbook of uh, excellence uh, for restaurant operators. It has every, not every, but the big ones in terms of uh, a payroll and um, uh, how to operate your restaurant, best practices, um, uh, labor and industries issues, employment security issues, licensing issues, all of those things in one big book. So if you are, especially if you are a, a new restaurateur and, and you're really trying to navigate through the regulatory hurdles uh, and, and challenges, uh, this is a, a resource I wish I had when I started my first restaurant, you know, over 30 years ago. So it's, it's an amazing resource. Even if you are an experienced uh, restaurateur, uh, one of the things that the team does over the course of the year, Lisa in particular, is work with agencies to update the, the issues in here and, and to make sure that you have the latest information available to you because there's a lot of changes that you don't hear about in the news. Uh, the Hear Manual consolidates it in all, one, all in one place. Well, thank, thanks for that update, Lex. And uh, my favorite part about it is Lisa, your team, writes it in a way where even a Greek, a Greek can understand it. So um, it's all the same stuff that exists in legal statute and court cases and that stuff. But we wrote it in a way that even Anthony can read it and go, okay, I understand what I need to do now in my business. So check that out. If it's missing anything, let us know. We want it to be a great resource for all. And then, the, and then on the lodging side, the legal manual is still up, is up on the site as well. Right? Yes. And we also rolled out um, a supply chain toolkit and recently updated that. I'm going to put a link to that here in the chat. If you wanted to access that and you're listening through the podcast, it's wha.fyi slash supply chain. And that'll take you to the supply chain toolkit. And what a toolkit is, is basically an aggregation of all of the resources related to a particular topic the team is doing research on and the, the latest information. So the team regularly goes in and makes updates uh, to these types of things. And obviously, supply chain is one of those big issues that are affecting all aspects of our industry. And so we, uh, the team has 
proactively gone out there and work with industry experts to make sure you have the resources that you need to be successful. That's great news. And I think supply chain is a huge issue. Uh, we don't always drop 10 links in the thing, but that's just how much value we provided in January. Um, so uh, the easiest thing for you to do is just email Lisa at podcast at wahospitality.org. And she can take all these links and send, here's all the links for the podcast if you want to get them. Now, let's get back to our cliffhangers, right? That was, that was I don't want to say it was commercial, but it was the news update. That was the healthy food. Let's get to dessert. Um, so, wow, you, you both drink your coffee cups in synchronized. Is that one of the new Olympic sports is synchronized coffee drinking? That was great. Um, so our cliffhangers from last month. Let's start with the employee mandate, because I think that's going to feed in some of the other stuff. We all know that the Supreme Court uh, did throw out uh, the uh, Biden administration's proposal for an employee mandate um, on larger businesses. Um, they have since indicated they're not planning on, on uh, attacking it a different way. Life could always change. There's no guarantees, but that's the best information we have as of February 2nd, 2022. Uh, they, uh, interesting thing is for a long time, the governor indicated that even if Biden threw that out, they would likely follow up and, and reinstitute it. And so we were anticipating what's going to happen. Well, Omicron changed the entire landscape. And so I think the governor, from my understanding, looked at where it's going on with Omicron, how Omicron is is, is getting through everyone, how it's just playing out differently and rewriting the rules. The governor did not, uh, in fact, um, reinstate or reestablish it here at a state level, the employee mandate uh, for vaccinations. Furthermore, there's no indication uh, at this point that they're planning on working on doing it forward. Again, if we're almost out of Greek letters, thank God, um, in the alphabet. So whatever the next variant is labeled could change these rules again, like Omicron has changed the rules. But at this point, the employee mandate um, as a government tool on our industry uh, doesn't seem to be a factor moving forward into spring. Things change, but that's what we know as of February 2nd. Let's talk more about how Omicron changed the rules. Uh, Omicron is, is, it's almost better to call it Omicron and not try to call it COVID anymore because it's so different than Delta or the original variants. Um, the, uh, it is far more, far more um, transmissible, and yet it is far weaker. So um, we all know that most people, the hospitalization rate is far less. And we all know, um, well, you may not know, the people who are ending up in the hospital rather than spending an average of eight days or spending an average of two and a half. And so uh, the impact is having on us. It's just much different than before. It's getting through masks better. So I think we told you last month, uh, the cloth masks are really not having the impact that they did with, with Delta or the original uh, vaccine um, or the original vaccine, the original uh, variant. So please switch to uh the more medical masks uh, where you can, they're, they're more impactful. Okay, here we are today. I'm going to share, share my screen uh, just to give you a sense for those uh, on the um, driving in your car. Don't worry, I'm going to describe what you're seeing here. All right, share my screen. 
as predicted, the uh, variant has peaked in the number of cases and is starting to come back down. And you can see that there um, just about last week, it hit its high and now we're starting to see it come back down. The prediction is, you can also see in this the waves and how they kind of came up equally and generally came down equally, a little slower, but generally equally. The prediction is it's gonna come back down at the same rate. If that's the case, and again, we don't know, Omicron's rewritten the rules, but that's the best logical guess we have in the moment, then come next month, we should be coming back down and seeing what the numbers like they were in mid-December. Um, that would be great news. What is a little different um, is, remember, hospitals lag, the hospital numbers lag the case numbers by about 10 days. So we are currently seeing the hospital cases just hit their peak this week. And so you can see the case numbers there that the hospitals are just hitting their peak. And so uh, in theory, deaths will then follow hospitals by about seven days. So we'll start seeing the peak in the number of deaths next week. We are seeing deaths. We are seeing deaths. Um, earlier, we hadn't seen any. Uh, by comparison, it was very low rate, but we are starting to see deaths reflect the hospitalizations. This is, again, because there's so many cases um, even though the hospitalization rate is way lower, it's still reflecting a way higher caseload and deaths will follow, probably follow the same thing. I want to come back to hospitalizations. They're the key. We are going to start seeing things differently when the hospitals come back down to that case level that Cassie talked to us in one of our podcasts earlier in the year. Got a long way to go. Um, but a lot of people will be asking ourselves, um, okay, if we're coming back down, when can I start getting away from, or when can we anticipate these things moving away from where we're at? It's going to be when the hospital numbers come back down to what we saw last August. We never quite got there in December after Delta, right? When we started to get there, the numbers jumped again with Omicron. If the hospital numbers come back down to where they were in late July, early August, uh, we can see some of these things start coming along. The conversations have started to say, okay, how might this look like? But they're so more written in sand right now that there's nothing I would want you to plan your business around. I would just keep an eye on the hospital rates and see where they're at. The other thing I would mention, and this is a little bit different than uh, Delta, is there was a delayed effect across Washington with Omicron. Eastern Washington got hit about two weeks later. So while King County is coming down at a sharper rate, Eastern Washington is still going up. And it's not necessarily because Eastern Washington is doing things worse or differently, although they probably are. It's more so the time delay of when Omicron started to take off. The snowstorms um, were really harsh in, in the time frame that Omicron started to take off in the Puget Sound area, uh, which kept people inside more in, in different areas of the state. So we're anticipating the peaks in hospitals uh, and the peaks in cases in Eastern Washington are still further out. Um, so that's gonna have a timing effect on all that. So I wanna recap where, where I wanna kind of prepare you for. Please move your team to uh, medical masks of one shape or another. Um, 
they're more effective against Omicron. Two, we're starting to come back down, which is good news. Three, um, as this season of our life plays out, uh, the things like when does the mask mandate go away or what is King County going to do with the, uh, the vaccine card mandate? Um, those will be things that will play out as we get closer to the hospitalization numbers coming back down. So I think this is a good news story in that we're not having anything different, worse in front of us until there's a new Greek letter that comes out. Um, but when things will start going away, will be more when we start seeing those hospital numbers come down. And from the hospital's perspective, they're at their peak right now, which is why about two weeks ago, the governor did announce uh, all those. He activated the National Guard. He changed a lot of the rules of how hospitals can operate. He gave them more flexibility in their choices. A lot of governor's actions specifically at the hospitals, because that's going to be the key number moving forward. Lex, that was a 20-minute rant by me. Gosh, I feel like I should pause. And what did I go too fast on? Or was I not clear on that as an operator would be helpful to clear up? I think you got all the major points. Uh, and that's uh, we're still um, waiting on uh, the hospitalization numbers. And, uh, you know, that's but the good news is we're headed in the right direction. Uh, oh, I am trying to say fewer ums. So maybe next Next week, I buy lunch on who can guess correctly how many ums I say in my podcast. So that number might be too big. Uh, and I just did it again. So as we wait for questions to come in, I do really want to urge people to switch away from cloth masks and continue to wear them. Uh, and the medical masks are being far more effective. I know they're a pain. Uh, I don't breathe as easy as I do in the other ones personally, but um, we are seeing more effectiveness. Lisa, have any questions come in? Yeah. Is there any update or sign of reopening the Canadian border? Let me look into that. I'll, uh, to be honest, um, of my conversations with the governor's office recently, we haven't talked about that. Um, and I'm not up to speed on the latest. So uh, let, me, let me look into uh, where that's at. And Lisa, maybe that was from Brian. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Brian, I, I, I don't know if our email connections have gotten through, but I owe you lunch from last month. So let's get on that. Maybe when I have lunch with the Altelia. Um, that I'm just kidding, of course. It's a serious issue. Uh, we'll find out um, uh, and get back to you and, and others on, on that. Any other questions, Lisa? Yeah. Is there any update or sign of getting rid of mandatory masking? I. That's the key is that hospitalization number. I do think the governor's office is, is open to this concept. Uh, And I do think, but they don't even want to hint at timing or get hopes up or have people stop wearing masks today. So I think the key is let's get our hospital numbers down. uh, And then we'll start having a serious conversation of what we call endemic normal life stuff. The good news is I just listened to a podcast from the New York Times, who's been one of the more aggressive podcasting and news sources about attacking uh, COVID proactively. And, and it was really interesting because the, in the, their podcast, they were talking about, it was called The Daily, I think is the name of their podcast to give them credit. They were talking about the need to live uh, normally and move forward. And that if you've been vaccinated and boosted and keep up on your boosters, 
we're seeing the numbers play out for that group uh, to be less than the flu. And so we should start approaching this like that at some point when these numbers come back down to rational numbers. They also went on to warn it's playing out much differently for the unvaccinated than boosted. And the hospitalization numbers and the death rates are still predominantly the un, unvaxxed. Um, in fact, uh, I was talking to some health officials and, and I don't have this official. This was what they shared with me is that the unvaxxed are now a higher percentage of hospitalizations uh, than they were with, uh, with Delta. Um, so that tells us that the vaccinations and, and others do work. Are there any other questions? Yeah. Is there any update on King County extending the vaccine verification mandate? Our team is working on that. Our team has already started conversations. Again, the numbers just started to turn in King County, so they've not really been open to talking about it yet. But I think February is really going to play out. So we're going to make a big push to only have rules that are necessary. And uh, and if the rules aren't necessary, or, or I would argue personally, this isn't the association's view that um, we're not seeing big impacts of the, of the card checks that if they're not effective, um, let's move on. Uh, that being said, they're going to be part of their normal process. That'll play out in February and early March. So I don't have news uh, on that, but it is going to be part of our effort uh, to, on where that goes moving forward. All right. Well, let's give it a couple of minutes for the to see if any more questions are going to come in. Anthony, I do want to bring up uh, congratulations on being inducted to the Washington State University School of Hospitality Hall of Fame. That's a tremendous honor. I don't think believe any hospitality or restaurant association executive has ever been inducted in that. You're the first. So congratulations. Congrats. Well, thank you. It's 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 quite an honor, and I'm 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 for those of you who are on the radio, I'm blushing a little bit because it's weird to talk about yourself. But I do love our industry, and I do love um, uh, serving this industry. So that that all of our staff and their hard work was recognized, and and through me, and we get to to, to be the Hall of Fame. That'll be great. By the way, there uh, that Hall of Fame ceremony is March 11th, and I'm mentioning it. Only because the three days before our WSU's uh, uh, hospitality week, the, all of their graduates and all of their juniors who are, and, and sophomores who are seeking internships will be available to you uh, to recruit. And so if, uh, if you haven't made your plans to get to Pullman and visit with all the people, um, help hopefully get even more freshmen and sophomore interested in graduating in hospitality, and then recruit these incredibly talented people onto your team in internships and or otherwise get there. And then if you happen to stay for Friday night, come have a beer with me at the uh, hall of fame uh, event. That would be nice. Lisa, have any more questions come in and Lex, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Two more questions. Um, don't forget, we need to fight to remove the vaccine card mandate in Clallam and Jefferson counties is more of a statement really. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it needs to be universal, uh, and and I will not. And what are you hearing about how hotels are doing this quarter compared to fall? I'm going to put out the whole industry in, in one box uh, for this one. Uh, late December and the first half of January have been tough. Uh, combination of weather uh, for those first three weeks, <coughs> The fear of Omicron, 
Uh, and normally January is tough anyway, right? You can't really compare January to September. It's, it's a tough month. Um, but with Omicron taking out so much of our staff with fear and the news being out there and weather, it's been tough. It's always weird, kind of at the worst part of winter, you start talking about spring and it's hopeful, but it doesn't take away the fact that many operators have told me starting in mid-December through January was actually their toughest six weeks of this whole thing operationally. Um, so it's it's been hard is what I'm hearing, which is why those relief packages to promote that, get it out to all you the people you know are so important. And so the links that are in there, if you don't see them earlier, um, uh, please, uh, please contact your 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 Congress people and your legislators and and help us move forward. And Lisa, again, if someone's listening on the radio, podcast at wahospitality.org. Perfect. Any other questions I can answer today? Everyone, uh, thanks for the honor of serving you. Um, good luck in February. Let's hope it's much better than January. We got Valentine's Day coming up. Let's hope that these case numbers are down. You're going to hear me talking on media stations about make your reservations today uh, because our staffing shortage is such that <clears throat> you want to make sure to get your reservations in. There may be fewer tables available than last year. So I'm going to try to do what I can to promote reservations and getting away from for a romantic weekend in the city or on the coast or whatever you can. Um, and let's hope February is a great one and we move forward into through February in, in a more positive manner. Look forward to talking in March. And contact us anytime if we can help you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. And thank you to IBA for sponsoring this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Washington Hospitality Industry Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, wahospitality.org, where you can learn more about the restaurant and lodging industries and the Washington Hospitality Association. Be sure to subscribe to the show in iTunes, Google, Spotify, or iHeartRadio so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Thank you so much for that effort. Until next time.